Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's speaking to the future. And the past. And, well, wait. <laughs> yeah. It's I the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. So welcome to episode number 80, covering series six, episode four, The Doctor's Wife. This is the one where the Doctor hangs out with the TARDIS while Amy and Rory hang out in the TARDIS, even though the TARDIS isn't in the TARDIS because the TARDIS is in fact hanging out in a woman. Plus there's a nude. Remember that one? Did I, did I break your brain? <laughs> I was a lot taken. <laughs> There's no periods anywhere in what you As it said. should be. As it should be. Well, there was <clears throat> right before, plus there's a new. Well, I'm going to remove that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how you said it. So this is story number 216, uh, originally airing May 14th, 2011, to 7.97 million viewers. So we're still kind of hanging out in that just below 8 mm. million uh, viewer mark, but that's all right. This one was written by Neil Gaiman, and I'll have uh, a few things to say about him in just a minute. Uh, it was also directed by Richard Clark. Richard Clark did Gridlock and The Lazarus Experiment. Those were good episodes. Yeah, so. when I when I read that, I remember thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh, those yeah. ones from like a few series ago. Yeah, those, oh, are, those, those, those are both Tenant area. Three. That makes sense why these... Um, yeah, similar. I wanna, yeah. I think it was three. Is it? Um, is it just me or are these mm-hmm. like both similar? Like I feel like well, that's, compared. That's what I mean. Is like just like the, the feel of them. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like yeah. the idea behind. Kind of, kind of um, dark. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Dirty. You know, like gridlock was all like smog and like underground and yeah. all that kind of stuff. The Lazarus experiment wasn't uh, dark and gritty. It was more it was like, in a laboratory, but there was a really nasty monster. You know, yeah. all of his so, stories feel kind of <clears throat> dystopian. Very yeah. Strange. Yeah. Well, now keep in mind though that he was the director, not yeah the the author, him. not the writer, but, really. But yeah. But Neil Gaiman, uh, this this episode coming down into the awards category, which we haven't had to talk about in quite a while. This won the 2012 Hugo for Dramatic Presentation Short Form Award, and uh, we have we we've seen some Hugos won before. However, this was the first time that a Doctor Who writer, a Doctor Who story, won a Hugo that was not written by the showrunner. Mm. Remember, so we had Stephen Moffat won, uh, Russell T. Davies won, I think, two, didn't he? Two or yeah. three. Or was it Stephen Moffat won two? Stephen Moffat won one, and I think... Russell T. won a couple of them. Three, Wh- maybe. Whichever it was, uh, Neil Gaiman uh, has a couple of distinctions here. First of all, he is the first non-showrunner to win a Hugo for a Doctor mm. Who episode. He's also the first... Uh, let's see how to phrase this. He's the first... Hugo award-winning Doctor Who writer who won his first Hugo outside of Who. (laughs) (laughs) So he wrote a different story that also won won a Hugo before writing before before doing this one. Correct. So he's the yeah. So so like Stephen Moffat, the first Hugo award he won was a Doctor Who episode. Like how often is that going to happen? Uh, like yeah, this is one of those ones in the in the wiki that's like wow, that's super duper specific exact things like. We just want to make this feel special. Right. What was what was that one <laughs> like, like? Best box office for a it was woman led superhero comic book yeah. movie, and it's like okay, that's two it's like, movies. It's like Wonder Woman, and is there even any? Yeah, it was like that Captain and Marvel. Captain Marvel. Like, was, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. then we know who's going to win that one. Right. The person who's in Marvel. Right? <laughs> they own, so they Neil Gaiman is uh, he is kind of a big deal in science fiction. Um, he's he's a, a you know. 
pretty prolific author. Um, we mentioned that he won a Hugo before this, then he won this Hugo, and I think he's won at least one other one since then. Um, he's written a lot of uh, a lot of big stuff. Of note, which we're going to come back around to in just a minute, Neil Gaiman wrote the book Good Omens, mm-hmm. and then wrote the screenplay that became the Amazon original series nice. of Good Omens. Which which a tenant starred in. Yep. We're gonna, so and, everything and is connected. Oh, there's, just a there's big more. Old family. There's even more. So, wow. uh, so miscellaneous trivia. Last week, everybody lived, right? We said, that, and, and last week it was like the first episode in a while. I don't remember what the details were. What was yeah. the deal with that? It was something like, oh, it was, it was the, the first one. It was the only, it was only one of like three episodes where everyone lived and there wasn't an actual yeah. villain. It was a misunderstanding. Yeah. There was like two other episodes like that. Here we have the opposite. Okay. <laughs> this is the first episode since 1977's fourth Doctor story, Horror of Fang Rock, where every character except for the Doctor and his companions ends up dead. Yeah. Think and about Rory that. does Which, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> even yeah, even one of the companions we'll talk about that later. ended up dead for a minute uh, because uh, you know it's Rory, so of course. Well, he's Well, I die. mean, except for the TARDIS, does was the he? TARDIS count? Huh? Well, so yeah. that's the thing is it the way they phrase well, it I mean, was the TARDIS the, did die. It said but... the Doctor and his traveling companions. So we'll either say the TARDIS died, <laughs> or we'll yeah. say the, the TARDIS do- counts the as TARDIS, traveling companion. Yeah, because that's what they're traveling. Yeah, in. and technically. It's both. So technically it's both. So uh, yeah. So last week everybody lived and there was no villain. This week there was definitely a villain and and everybody died. died. Can we just go ahead and say, uh, can we say our favorite death in this episode? Everybody on three. Ready? One, two, three. Rory. Oh, okay. (laughs) The auntie had the best death. She's sitting there and she goes, oh, don't worry. House is very wise. (laughs) <laughs> literally flumps over dead and then the I other guy's like to oh because he's like I'm, actually i don't plan on dying yeah no he goes i'm feeling better well see i honestly I, I felt like his was a little more cliche because he stood uh-huh. up and said i think i'm feeling better now flump and die but she like no warning and, you know she said oh we're you know auntie and uncle have to go pop off now it's time for us to die because house is gone and then like she says a line and then just Boom. <laughs> like, the actress <laughs> played it perfectly. It was written beautifully. It was my favorite death. So, but you said the Ood was your favorite death? Yeah. Yeah. Be- why? Because was, they all got to breathe them mm, in afterwards? I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was and then what did you say? Nasty. Rory. Trip? Because I want Rory to die in every oh, single Oh, dang. Oh, you Jesus. so good. <laughs> oh, come on. I know they're uh, keeping the count. I hope, you don't got to wish it on them. I hope as we progress through this season, uh, this season in particular, that uh, Rory goes up a few notches in your eyes because you seem to have he's a disdain. A, he's a funny. I don't like him very much. I see. No. Like, he's a funny character that, like, cares about everyone, but it's... Just, it's just fun to watch him die horrible, he torturous just dies deaths. so many times. Oh, like, man, I gotta get you a bad counselor. <laughs> <laughs> this was... Uh, still. We're still in miscellaneous trivia, even though we've talked about <laughs> who's who and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. This was originally slated to be Series 5, Episode 11. So, okay, so this, this is, is Series 6? Six, six, episode 3? Episode 4. 4. So this was originally slated as Series 5, Episode 11... But due to some budgetary shenanigans, it had to get moved down the road. <clears throat> so rumors had been flying around that Stephen Moffat had Neil Gaiman writing an episode, and these rumors had been swirling around for a while. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Neil Gaiman Moffat did have Neil Gaiman writing an episode since David Tennant's time. Wow. They got 
Okay. These guys really plan out things. Well, That's what you have to do with this show. sometimes. So, but so like, here's here's the thing. Okay, um, I did I did a uh, I did way more like inside baseball research on this one that I normally do, but it was I fell down a rabbit hole and it was fascinating, and I ended up finding mm-hmm. like. A Q&A on Neil Gaiman's blog. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Wikia had some links to some really interesting stuff. They they cited as one of the sources that was cited was the comment in a Guardian in an article on the Guardian.co.uk. And I clicked on that and I was like, what is this? And then I clicked on it and the comment was from Neil Gaiman. So I was like, okay, well, uh, all right, sure. Um, yeah. So, anyways, so here's what happened, okay? The uh the story underwent lots of changes during various stages of rewriting. Originally, this episode was conceived of by Neil Gaiman as the Doctor being chased through the TARDIS by the baddie of the week. Some monster mm-hmm. alien thing, right? Um, it was decided that instead they would make it uh, a companion. Mm-hmm. being the, the companion. Because again, keep in mind, when Neil Gaiman was writing this, he literally had no idea who the was characters com- were going yeah. to be. It was just wow. the doctor and the a companion. companion yeah. and <clears throat> Not even two. Rory wasn't even there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, Amy wasn't there, let alone the idea yeah, of a secondary know. companion. Yeah. yeah. So it was decided that instead, let's make it the companion and that the monster would be the TARDIS itself. It's like, dun, dun, dun. So then they came up with the idea, Neil, Neil came up with the idea of Idris to explain what happened to the TARDIS's consciousness so during that, the chase. So that mm-hmm. they could be chased around and it wouldn't be the TARDIS it's, terrorizing them. Right, right. Because so that wouldn't make so much it's sense. The TARDIS in the fact, like the TARDIS in, a, in as much as the building, yeah. but not... The TARDIS consciousness, a.k.a. sexy, uh, which, by the way, uh, throughout the TARDIS Wikia, it it references this character as Idris slash TARDIS. But whenever Neil Gaiman writes about this character, mm-hmm. he calls her Idris slash sexy, which I was just like uncomfortable with. But um, it was uh, it, it just kept like morphing and evolving. Like so originally it was going to be the doctor. And then it was like, well, the doctor knows the TARDIS. Yeah. Right? So why yeah. would the so, so the doctor running from a monster in his own place would uh, not be any fun? Except he apparently doesn't know the TARDIS because she's like cataloged all of his old well, console rooms. Yeah, there's stuff that he doesn't old know. Old console about. rooms that so, haven't existed yet. It's like <laughs> yeah. how can you archive things that it's like you can't archive things that haven't existed yet? You, you can't. can't. <laughs> I love the way she said that. You can't. Um so it, it just kept morphing and morphing and morphing. So the idea of the the TARDIS being put into a human body was not the core idea of this episode. Yeah. That blows my mind. So like, where was it originally? Where was what originally? Um, the, um, the TARDIS. The TARDIS. Where was it originally stored in? Was it still originally in a no, human? No, so like I said, the original idea was what if a monster chased the Doctor through the TARDIS? Well, yeah. the Doctor knows the TARDIS too well, so what if a monster chased the companion through the TARDIS? What if the TARDIS... Was the, the one guy? chasing the companion. Mm-hmm. And then it was yeah. like, I guess maybe there was a moment of, well, that makes the TARDIS seem like a bad guy. So Which what if we m- removed the TARDIS consciousness and mm-hmm. and and put some other consciousness in there? Well, where did the TARDIS go? Uh, I don't know, into a woman. How did that happen? <laughs> Boom, now we have an episode, right? So yeah. it's, it's amazing. And apparently there's like just 
oodles of versions of this script. Like infinite were versions. Like yeah, so I mean, think that about could it. easily be a different episode Which, over and over. Like, if, yeah, with the started, same basis. If they started in Tenant's time, then it makes Ooh. sense that they have to have so many versions of this script. Right, and, yeah. I, and I don't think, if I understand the way Neil was talking about it, it sounds like he knew that he was not writing this for David Tennant. Yeah. So I think he started it during the end of Tennant's time. Because he knew that it... Well, he was I'm probably inside baseball enough it. with Stephen Moffat that he knew that it was the last year even before anybody else really did. Yeah. So he knew that he was writing an episode for the 11th Doctor, but he didn't even know who, who it was. was. Matt Smith... Matt Smith had not been cast. What the companions were going on so far. Exactly. And let alone that this was now going to get the can kicked one more time because it ended up in the next season. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this was originally supposed to be towards the end of last season. It ends up towards Mm -hmm. the beginning of this season. So, um, one of the things that happened was Neil, uh, conceived of the idea of going to one of the previous console rooms and his original idea, which, and this is what a lot of fans were theorizing, was that it was going to feature one of the old TARDIS, like old classic Who oh, console rooms, that would be- which would be cool, but then they'd have to make the set. I'm guessing exactly. So, yeah. So remember, I said the episode got kicked to the next season for budgetary reasons. One of the budgetary things was we can't build a whole console room yeah. for one scene or two scenes or whatever. So he requested that the nine and ten console room be left standing. He requested that that stay up so that they could use it for this episode. So think about this. During season four, he says, can you leave it standing for me for a little while, for a little while, right? And we're going to, and they, you know, just because it was going to be season five episode or yeah, season five, episode 11 doesn't mean that it had to be filmed late. They could have filmed it earlier, Right, so just leave it up for a few months. Yeah, we're just going to film this at some point in a right. few. And, and then like, it got kicked down the road. So now it's like two years away, and they're like, It Are was you- standing for 18 months. Wow. Oh, wow. Tennant and, and Eccleston's TARDIS stayed standing wow. for 18 months, like as a secret. So think about this. They left, oh they destroyed it in the episode, right? They like literally burned the thing with fire and like in universe, that thing got destroyed and remodeled into what we see now, but real world, they left it standing and there were people who were saying, why is that thing still up? And some production manager or something had to keep it standing and not let on why, because it needed to not leak out. I mean, think about 18 months that would have leaked out. That would have leaked out. So they just were like, oh, we'll get to it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we don't have the money to tear it down. It's cheaper to leave it up for now. What? And so they like came up with excuses as to, <laughs> I'm, I'm making that up. I don't know. Like, so that, uh, you know, some, somebody somewhere had to come up with the reasons why they left that thing going just, and again, this should tell you. Can you not just you, say, oh, we're going to, we're just going to leave this up. Might as well we keep it for some reason. We don't know yeah. if, who like, knows? Because they kept his thing. hand for like they kept Ten's <laughs> hand for like a full two seasons. Like and, like apparently they didn't. That wasn't even originally part yeah. of it. Yeah. 
Right. That was just leftovers. So, uh, no, I think that was, no, 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 that was planned. That was? Yeah, remember, we talked about that back then, that when he, when whoever wrote that that episode with the Sycorax, when the Sycorax cut his hand off, it was on purpose to get to mm. the Metacrisis Doctor. That was mm. done entirely on purpose. So, uh, so yeah, sometimes they use what they got, and sometimes they plan crap way out. And I'm going to tell you what, when I was first watching this episode the first time and I saw that, I lost my mind. Mm. And I can't even imagine, as a fan watching it in real time, it would have been two years later. It would have been, you know, like we've seen David Tennant's final episode. We've gone through an entire episode, or, uh, an entire season of Eleven. We've gone through a Christmas episode. We're now four episodes in. And at the end of that episode, we end up in the old TARDIS. It's like, oh my gosh. Like, like, I can't like, even imagine. Oh, the ah. nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, and when the people that have been working there for two years see it again, they're like, so that's oh, why. Oh, that's why. <laughs> ah. so, that so makes Speaking sense. of the TARDIS, this is the first time in New Who that we go beyond the control room in the TARDIS. Yeah. And apparently sense. back in the... Yeah. Think about it. When have you seen anything beyond the control room? We've only ever seen them walk out. Yeah. Yeah. But you never, the camera like, never follows yeah. them. You've never seen corridors. They mention, they mention the swimming pool practically every other episode. They mentioned bathrooms. Well, has that, was that mentioned prior to 11? Mm. Apparently it was a thing in Classic yes. Who. They like mentioned it, was, it at 9. Did they? And did they? like a couple times in 10. I don't okay. think so. I, I don't remember it being as much of a thing. It certainly wasn't, it wasn't a, a thing. thing. It, wasn't it was like not a thing. As yeah. common as it it's is. It's not like every yeah. companion knows that there's a swimming Yeah, with Eleven, it's I like know a how running to save her, Land on the side of the building and let her dive right. into the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, she yeah. knows she can just dive into the swimming pool because... Yeah, and I'm trying to do the, the mental geometry that it takes to go through those double doors into a corridor, down the hall, and land in the pool like that's on its side. Without switching <laughs> Remember gravity. Remember the anti-grav yeah, anti yeah. or whatever? Because he, right. he cut off the anti-grav. Yeah. So, so this is the first time that we've gone beyond the control room, and they left that set standing as well so that that could be used down the road so now we've yeah. now we've got TARDIS corridors to use literally use the same corridor over yeah. and over it was yeah, probably like they, they do the same the thing same in Star Trek two corridors yeah. they do the same thing in, in Star Trek where they'll just change the camera angle and it makes it look like you're on a different deck or something because it was definitely was, just the same loop right. with like a fork right. in the road it was yeah, just yeah. literally the so same thing now from uh, from an on screen standpoint this episode begins what I'm going to call the slow march towards Jody. This is the first on-screen mention of a Time Lord changing genders during a regeneration. What? Yeah. I know we've talked about it, okay? But the doctor mentions that the Corsair was a woman in at least two regenerations. By the way, that oh. was something that stayed in Neil Gaiman's script every version of it. He constantly... That every, one tiny line. <clears throat> that Well, that concept, because he even rewrote how the line was phrased a few times, but it was always mentioned that the Corsair was a woman twice. Hmm. So we've had a hint at it when Eleven felt his hair yeah. right after regenerating, felt his hair and said, oh, I'm a girl, right? And no, there was that not. moment. But other You're than like, that... So that's possible? Hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and Neil even said for him that settled the debate that the doctor thought for a second mm -hmm. he had be, he had regenerated into a woman for him that that ended the debate, which yeah. is part of why he put this line in about the Corsair, because he wanted that to be like, let's make it super official canon. So this is the first time we have an on screen mention that confirms that a Time Lord ha has but and therefore have. is 
capable of regenerating into a different gender than where they started. But haven't we seen the the girl regenerate? Who? So the little girl regenerate. But so we, we know. The, so we, we at least know there into. is girls. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we've we known know. That. Okay, classic. Who? There are there are time ladies. Oh, and time, lords. time lords and time ladies everywhere. There oh. are women. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good point, though. In New Who, we haven't seen one yet. But if you're a Time Lord, and then you switch to a girl, you're still a Time Lord or a Time Lady. Uh probably change. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Moving moving forward, we'll we'll but hear the the term Jody Time Lady. Is do we? Some people call her a Time Lady. Some people call her a Time Lord. I don't. I haven't seen it addressed specifically mm. on screen yet. Um, I don't even know. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know offhand. Mm. So um, at any rate. Uh, this is the first time that we hear definitively that that has happened. And then there are a few more signposts along the road that, and we'll, we'll talk about those as we get to those, but there are a few more. So we had a hint, right? Yeah. Now we've had it explicitly said, mm-hmm. eventually we're going to have more signposts along the way and who yeah. out there like are screaming, of- screaming into their iPods because they know yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. And by the way, I'm just going to mention this. Sorry. I s- smacked the table <laughs> and made my microphone ring. Uh, I, was looking through our downloads and we have several dozen downloads specifically to an iPod. Mm. So I'm just going to say that someone out there is listening to us on an iPod and I just realized it might be Braden. It is. (laughs) Yeah. Dang it. Dang it. Nice. (laughs) I wonder who could, that's why I was smoking. No, 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 because that shows up differently because that shows up. That's a download through iTunes. You have to download it. Onto a device, which his isn't. You have to his. You have to connect to the. It's old school. You have to connect to the computer. But there is someone out there that's not Braden that is listening to us on an iPod. And if if that is you, sir or madam, I want you to email into us and defend me and tell me that you are on a regular basis screaming into your iPod (laughs) when we get things wrong and it's an actual iPod. All right, moving right along. Uh, believe it or not, we just got to the cast. Oh, um, I knew we were going to have a lot to talk about on this one. So this one's fun. House. The, the main baddie of the week was voiced by Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen played opposite David Tennant in Good Omens, right? So we said Neil oh. Gaiman wrote the book and then he wrote the screenplay and turned it into a show. The voice of House, that actor, Michael Sheen, plays the angel to David Tennant's demon. They are the two main characters uh, oh, wow. in the Amazon original version of that show. Um, wow. Idris is played by... Saran Jones. It's spelled like Suzanne, but with an R. So yeah. I had to like do a double take. So uh-huh. I'm assuming it's Saran. Um, the the only main thing of note for her, other than she is amazing, she's yes. just like the perfect person to play this part. Um, she had previously played Mona Lisa in what? the Sarah Jane Adventures episode Mona Lisa's Revenge, uh, <laughs> which I now want to go watch. But yes, it is, is Mona Lisa. Uh, oh no! What? <laughs> oh my gosh! That would be so funny. <laughs> she got taken away one day and was like it, trapped the at Mona the Lisa, edge of the universe. Like two people though. That was like the head of one person. Oh, the body I don't. Someone else. I don't have any idea. What? Like yeah. Anywho, Noobs in the Hoopian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. And as always, guys, we have a special deal for Noobs in the Hoovians listeners and your friends and family. Feel free to share the code. You can head over to store.r5websitemanagement.com. Use the code noobs, noobs at checkout to get 15% off your entire order. And I do want to highlight something different. We talked about Your Name November, where you can get yourname.com, and you can hook up email and all those kinds of things. And you say, yeah, but I don't know how to build a website. We 
we have now at R5 website management store.r5websitemanagement.com, we have a fantastic website builder product. And it starts as, at, at as little as $5.99 a month. And that covers everything. You get your domain for $13.99 a year. And then for $5.99 a month, you get your hosting, your SSL is included. You can have your own personal blog, a couple of pages on there, any, any kind of basic information like that that you want. And you can build it all yourself. It's a drag and drop editor. It starts out with some great templates, really easy to use. And as always, if you run into any problems, uh, hit, hit us up at R5 Website Management. And if you're wanting to take it to the next level and get some professionals involved, we can help you out with that as well. So don't forget, head over to store.r5websitemanagement.com. Use the code NOOPS at checkout for 15% off your entire order and get started building your awesome website today. All right, so we're on to the checklist now. Uh, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. A note about um, this. Nah. It didn't happen. Nah. A note about this. The episode originally was called, uh, well, okay, no. Originally, it was called The House of Nothing, mm. which was like a play on <laughs> house. And then uh, shortly thereafter, it was retitled Bigger on the Inside, hmm. which I think is a far superior name. Yeah. And literally... Up until weeks before the show released, wow, it was called Bigger on the Inside. And then when they started to talk about the episode, when like advertising and, and press and all this kind of stuff, they decided to switch the name. And part of that was they decided that, according to Neil Gaiman, uh, the the title gave too much away. And I'm what? like, I don't, I don't get that. It's just about the TARDIS. I, like, yeah, but well, no so one, here, here's the no. thing. The next time. I was really excited that in the next time, they didn't spoil it for you, right? Uh If you watch the next time, you have no idea that the woman on screen wearing the Victorian dress is the TARDIS. Yeah, Yeah, she's a crazy lady. And you're like, oh, that looks like a fun episode. And it's called The Doctor's Wife. So speculation was swirling that this was a previous wife of the Doctor that was going to show up. to be a crazy lady, so it's a perfect match for the Doctor. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, they, they didn't give it away. And Neil Gaiman was saying, we didn't want to, we didn't want to give it away. We didn't want people to figure it out. And a name like Bigger on the Inside, he thought might give it away. And that he, just feels like an episode that takes place mostly in the TARDIS. Could be, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Especially here's, like, here's the thing. He said, I wanted people to have that moment of, oh, she's the TARDIS to be a surprise. Okay, were you all surprised? No. Yes. It wasn't like a, Kinda. you were? How were you surprised? Because I'm trying to remember the first time I, I saw mean, it. I mean, when... It got put back when it got put into her. I'm like, that's the hardest, right? Okay, but that's what like, I'm saying. It's like, like when, when you first like, meet the crazy bitey woman, mm-hmm. you already know she's the TARDIS. Yeah, so there's no reveal. Yeah, when they're like, we're gonna have to switch your soul. I didn't immediately think, oh, they're gonna put the TARDIS inside. Right, you. but once the but TARDIS, when, but then they start, they leaving, showed it happen. Like, okay, then it's, it's obvious. Like, now, isn't well, it? well, no, no, no. even with, even with the TARDIS powering thing. down, you could say, okay, we've seen that kind of thing happen before, yeah. Yeah. right? But then they show it going in, the, 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 the TARDIS matrix energy going into her mouth and the sound coming out of her mouth. Yeah. Like, okay, now we know it's so right. obvious now. It's, like, so like, that was I was my surprised by the them putting it in her. I wasn't surprised when they revealed that it was the TARDIS. Exactly. Like, when it, the, so the surprise reveal to the doctor was not a surprise reveal to us. Yeah. It was yeah. dramatic irony. We yeah. already knew. And I even figured when he's talking about like, all the energy has left the TARDIS. I'm like, okay, then it's going into uh-huh, that woman. Yeah. Oh, you okay? So you, I didn't even piece that together. So, at any rate, um, the episode title because it got changed around so many times was not spoken. <laughs> if it had been yeah. bigger on the inside, that was said what three times? I yeah, don't know, probably. Uh, the creature of the week was House, a sentient asteroid. A, a hard outer surface with a big squishy oogly thing inside. 
<laughs> to which the doctor like says, ugly. seems like a friendly planet. Literally. <laughs> I thought that was great. So, uh, let's see. Nothing about bow ties this week. Nothing about hats. Uh, we didn't get a Doctor Who, hmm. which, again, I would have thought that I would have loved to have seen the TARDIS say Doctor Who. Yeah. That, that, that would have yeah. been, been great. Because there's the whole thing where she, does, she doesn't seem to know anybody's names. Yeah. Right? She refers to Amy as the orangey one. What? <laughs> you didn't catch that? Because of red hair. But that's oh. awesome. Yeah. Um, it's like, what, the pretty she, one? She, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she says like, to the doctor, she's, she's like, like you're being all emotional. Oh, that's what the orangey one says. And I'm just like, you know, like, so later on, the doctor <laughs> says, get a message through to Amy. And she says, which one's Amy? So like, as a TARDIS, she doesn't even understand gender. Like, she doesn't understand that Amy is a girl's name and that the orangey one is also the female one. So that's who he's talking about. He, she says, the pretty one? <laughs> and then connects to Rory, who apparently is the... Although she goes, hello, pretty! You know, it's great stuff. But um, there, there should have been a moment where she didn't realize his name was Doctor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, at least for a half a second, where she could have gone, what? Doctor Who? Oh, yes, my doctor. You know, because she starts out calling him my thief. Yeah. yeah. It's but not until later that she calls she him nev- my doctor. Can she not save them inside of the TARDIS? Can she not what? Can she not like hear them and well, understand the them like, and like see them? I think it's supposed to give us the idea of her being not used other to a human. And, well, not like, used to linear things. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's archive things that haven't happened. <laughs> right. And, and, like, and she says, um, you know, he says, I wish we could talk all the time. And he says, she says, I can't do that. My consciousness exists in all points of space and time simultaneously. And you walk around, walk around and talk and bring home strays, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, so like all kinds of things, like how long does this body last? You know, things like that. She's not aware of. You know, it's kind of like you like you know what an ant is, but do you yeah. know the average lifespan of the average black ant? <laughs> and like, could you tell like, one black ant from another black ant? No. no. And you know, so in some Especially way, if they're living inside of you, uh, well, ooh, <laughs> as the doctor and the companions live inside the TARDIS. Is what he's yes. really saying. Yeah. So, we're not talking about the TARDIS. Like we're supposed to be talking about the checklist. So let's come back to the TARDIS in just a minute. So uh, on to jiggery pokery. <laughs> ah, the first one is the, the TARDIS. TARDIS. <laughs> Huh. Okay, okay. Nice. I made a distinction here. I made a distinction here because under Jiggery Pokery for the TARDIS, let's talk about the the blue box, not sexy. The shell. Not, the not the Matrix. The Correct. Yes. yes. So first of all, it has at least seven squash courts. Why? Right? Squash is like, uh, like racquetball. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> he says at the beginning, he's trying to get enough thrust to get out of the universe. Yeah. So he's deleting rooms and one of the things he deletes is a scullery. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and then secondly, he says, goodbye, squash court seven. Okay, so that means there's at least seven, which I would say there has to be at least eight because you wouldn't have an odd number. That would be yeah. weird. Yeah. So he has at least seven squash courts and for some reason deletes number seven. I don't yeah. know why. And like, if you only hear one number to guess how many you really have, you're basically supposed to double it because statistically you got one in the middle so maybe he has 14 <laughs> he's got four up to up to 14 squash cords <laughs> um he crazy. tried he tried snapping his fingers to open the door and, and it, it didn't, didn't work. work right he tried to open it with the sonic he tried snapping a couple times and it didn't work and i got to wondering is it because the matrix wasn't in it at the time possibly so is him when he snaps to open the door is he actually opening the door or is the TARDIS just oh. going, oh, isn't he being cute? He's doing the snappy thing, so I'll open my doors for him. 
It's just thought. It was just thought. It, I'm reading a lot into it. It's just thought. I mean, she did pull a lever or whatever. Huh? Uh, yeah. When he's like, take me off. And the lever pulled itself. Oh, yeah. oh, at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever see her work it herself at some point. Uh, you know, I, I'll genuinely say I don't like, remember. Like, you'd, you'd think he'd be able to fly better if she was <laughs> assisting him, which... Right. She apparently well, can. Apparently, yeah. Well, All right, yeah, but we're not there yet. Uh, let's see. They address the doors opening inward instead of outward, like police boxes should. Um, this apparently has been like a running. Uh, there have been uh, many, many complaints about the TARDIS as a police box over the years, and one of them has been like that the windows are the wrong size and that the coloring is wrong and blah blah blah. Cares that much? Yeah. Um, well, you know, Doctor Who fans, obviously. Yeah. But one of the things I, I, I believe, if I understand right, is that, yes, why do the doors open inward instead of outward? Uh, the Wikia pointed out that Neil Gaiman wrote that wrote it that Idris says, you know, it says pull to open and you yeah. push constantly and the doors should swing outward on a police box. When in, in actuality, the instructions to pull to open refer to pulling to open the box where the phone is on the outside. So it's like, <laughs> nah, it was still a fun. It was still a fun bit there. So, and, uh, we did mention there are, uh, 30 control rooms archived so far, uh-huh. even though the doctor himself has only seen about a dozen, uh, because <laughs> yeah. apparently the other 18 haven't happened yet, but she's got them archived anyway. So <laughs> now we know there's 18 more doctors after this, or at least 18 more control rooms. Yeah. Which, and you know, there was two don't. for the first Two doctors, so if we're yeah. going by that yeah, math. I was curious so the when numbers he said, are a little off, it would appear. I was curious when he said, I've only changed the desktop theme, what, a dozen times? Maybe I, I And I don't know if Jared is going to talk about this or not, but um, I was curious how many desktop themes have there been? Because like you said, 9 yeah. and 10 shared one, right? And so I don't know. All the classic who ones. Well, they yeah, didn't all yeah, share, but I think the first two. Well, no, that's yeah. the point is like if you add up all of those, and that's the thing is like like eight had his own, you know, for a movie. Yeah. They, they built a whole TARDIS the console room just for that one. one. Yeah, the War um, Doctor probably had a different one. Uh, if you even saw it. A, I don't remember, and B, I wouldn't tell you if I did. <laughs> uh, so, you know, other other things like that, like like did did the second Doctor have his own? I don't know. I, I know that the episode that we watched, he had the same one. So did it change partway through his time? Was that not a thing until the third or fourth doctor? Because I know the fourth had his own. Yeah. Um, but I don't know about two and three. So at any rate, I was, I was curious about that. So either Jared will find that out or we'll never know. Yeah. Also, I like the, um, like he tells <laughs> them when they're know. trying to get back into the universe, he's like, delete like 40% of the rooms. And it's like, wow, that's a lot of rooms to delete. Right. And then later... Apparently, like, their bedroom got deleted. Right. That was one of the ones and that got like, deleted. And they're like, can you please fix our bedroom? And he's just sitting there like, y'all should have a bunk bed and whatnot. And he's like, okay, no, 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 here's wait, the directions. Wait. Rory whispers in Amy's ear, and Amy says, oh, yes, th- except this time, could we not have bunk beds? So <laughs> apparently they've had bunk beds this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> the doctors, I love the doctor's yeah. line. A bed with a ladder. You can't <laughs> beat that. It's so great. <laughs> it's so typical doctor, too. Yeah, but um, he's like... They're talking, and then he tells them where the room is, and it's like, wait, so you already built it? Just built sitting it? here? It probably. How did you do that? Yeah, it was probably already there. So, uh, didn't get a ton of. Uh, well, we had a little bit of jibberty jabberty, but um, uh, it was there wasn't any like long strings of it that were worth writing down. Yeah, uh, nothing about the silence or the eye patch lady. This there was wait, eye patch lady? No, there's no, no eye patch lady. We no. saw her in the next. In time. the next time. 
Yeah. And uh, sadly, no Jamie Dodgers. All right. Uh, so that does bring us down to who's who. We'll start off with Rory. He died again. Again. <laughs> Corbin looks at me and goes, Seven. seventh time is the charm. Uh, so uh, he died alone of old age, stuck in the TARDIS. Okay. All right. Here's the thing. The Wikia pointed some things out that I think are slander and lies. What? <laughs> what? Dead. Strong opinions. <laughs> out slander and lies. So yeah. not even explained. So bad, how do you really feel? Like, <laughs> slander and explained lies. it yet. He's like, before I tell you this, it's all false. I hate it all. <laughs> no, so what it said was the whole sequence with Amy and Rory running around inside the TARDIS, that anytime something happened weird, that it was all the psychic... Uh, oh gosh, what did the doctor call it? The psychic translators, um, right? Remember, uh, psychic communicators, translators, I I think. translators, maybe. I don't remember, remember, he said, you know, try and get yeah. a message to Amy. The, the psychic translators are on, or the psychic matrix is on, or whatever I think it, was it was. Matrix, matrix, matrix. Maybe, okay, yeah. that sounds spacey wacy. So, hello, pretty, <laughs> hello, pretty. Um, <laughs> the 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 tardis.wikia.com, they said, and whoever they is, you know, it's like Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. They said that because the psychic matrix was activated by the doctor, that then House was using that. So, for example, I will give them this. At one point, Amy perceives that it's totally dark, and yeah. Rory's like, what are you talking about? Right? That so she's seeing darkness, he's not. Right. That is messing with her head. None of that was actually happening. Then we have Rory get knocked unconscious and someone, I presumably the Ood, the Ood, is calling to her in Rory's voice, right? But so that was Rory's kind of messing with her. But then Rory's eyes were opened when you walked past him, wasn't it? No, he was laying on the ground, knocked out. Yeah. Uh, Remember, he went, ooh, <laughs> and like fell over. It's like, and don't then you worry, say, I only hit my head, come exactly. out, reach, yeah. he hit his head so hard, he uh, was knocked unconscious and started speaking in his sleep. Yeah, right. So... That stuff I'll, I'll give you, right? That was like yeah. literally psychically messing with their heads. However, I personally believe, because I want to and I can, that all of the wibbly-wobbly stuff, all of the tiny-wimey like, stuff that happened with Rory, I believe that happened. Like and where the door closed behind them I and disagree. then he walked back around. It's like, where have you been? It's been hours. And then right. like they go and walk back the other way and he gets trapped again. Right. And then flash forward like... What, like 30, 40 years? Yeah. We don't even know. Right. And Probably there's a long There seems time. to be some disagreement about uh, when she says, how long have you been waiting? He says, 2,000 years I waited for you and you did it to me again. So mm -hmm. one way of taking it, the way I took it, and I, and I told Trip was that mean he was saying, I waited for you 2,000 years as, a, as yeah, an auton, yeah. and now you did it to me again. You left me again. But yeah. some people were taking that to mean he literally was there two thousand years again, which is what I was. It thinking. happened to him again. But then when, but only to a certain point and whatnot. Yeah, and then so die eventually. But the thing so. happened again where he died. Was that it got restarted and then he lived back through it? Because we saw the no, old okay, man, okay, so and then we the, met so, back up with Rory. Okay, so so the door closes. Yes. She comes around the corner. It's been hours, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then the door closes again. 
and, and she comes around another years. corner and it's been decades. Yeah. Then the door closes again and it's been decades more and he's died. To me, to me, in my mind, Rory experienced that the same way Amy did. Yes. And it's one continuous series of events. But for him, it was the rest of his entire life. And then even beyond that, because you see his like desiccated corpse laying there and whatever. Like, um, well, how would, rotting, why was he like uh, yeah. right? stuff on the walls with what was that yeah. it was uh, like whatever. amy kill death yeah. personally die, whatever yeah i disagree with you why i think that's very uncharacteristic of rory because like he says himself he waited two thousand years for her and was perfectly yeah well he yeah. wasn't perfectly fine he was sad and whatnot but mm-hmm. but he, he was happy again her. when he saw her and then mm-hmm. when she when um this time like, completely not her fault. She has no control over it. And he loses his mind about it. Can and, like, why starts you're wrong? chasing why? Here's why you're wrong. Why? Tell me. Here's why you're wrong. Because you said it during the episode. They, they had that happen. They got split up. She was running ahead. The door slams. And then hours pass. And then what's the very next thing that she, that she does? Corbin, you mentioned it. She walked back You said, stay close to one another. Yeah. And that was the first thought I had when I first saw this episode is why did she take off running again instead of grabbing his hand? Don't ever split up ever again. run after her? Well, he did. He did. But she ran no. too fast. Remember, because the door like, slammed right in his no, face they the second literally, time. They literally grabbed hand and said, here, come on down this way. We're, we're walking back over here or whatever. No, no, that was later. Yeah. That was after she f- saw him dead. Um, but no, right, but he right. was just walking towards her. He wasn't trying to move super fast, and neither was she. And she went running. She went running away, and so did he. And, and I thought he was running after her. I know this. The 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 uh, the second time he was running after her, and then the next time when we see him old, he's like, you know, like creeping up on her, like mm-hmm. because now he's like crazy man or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that he was able to wait, he was able to wait for his dead wife or were they even married then they weren't married yet yeah um his dead fiance because he knew that if he waited long enough she would be alive again yeah. on the other side of things and he had things to do right yeah. he had to take he had to he had to stand guard and he had things that he could do plus he was made out of plastic and so he wasn't probably going to go crazy as fast but left alone in the tardis abandoned by amy and they come for me Every yeah. night they come for me the and silence. they hurt me. They, they hurt me so bad. Whoever, the whatever. It's, I don't know why you're saying the silence, but something no, comes no, and- No, no, because he wouldn't remember them. Yeah, something comes for him every night and torments him and tortures him. And he's been doing this for <clears throat> decades and he goes crazy. And he blames Amy because she ran off. She but ran off on him. What would come at him, because we don't see anything in the TARDIS except for the ood that was- already there i feel like he would have tortured them with creatures that weren't actually it, it, it could it could be he could be psychically torturing rory even though it's still happening in real time that's that's what i i personally think but when that rory you experienced saw, that whole thing and died the here's but when the, you saw his shriveled a body and then he came back there you go. that's the biggest hole in went, my theory wait which is what and I like, thought you were going to say. Turned Kobe. back and there was nothing right. there. Like she was like, right. no, there's a bunch of creepy writings, dim right. lighting and right. him shriveled up. All right, and all. So here's, and then here's none how I can, of it's Here's how I can get around this back. and you tell me I'm maybe, I'm maybe taking it too far. The whole idea that I have is that within the TARDIS, space and time get wibbly and wobbly, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So house can manipulate space and time and mess with them. 
right? Yes. And so she is literally, you know, in the future, in Rory's future, and seeing his dead body there and all that kind of stuff. And then Rory comes around the corner and he says something to her. She turns around and then House just sort of moves her back into the past. But so that when I she looks back, now she's back in the past and the walls are fine and Rory's there alive and has only been gone a few minutes. That's what, what I think. But What I think happened is all of this is in her head, but Rory coming back snapped her out of that. Like, she came back because seeing Rory snapped her out that. of the mind illusions. Yeah, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that you couldn't be right. I'm just saying that you're not right. You, you could uh, be right, but in fact, you're wrong. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm all right, right, so uh, who's Amy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the TARDIS called her the orangey one. We already mentioned that. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just keep on moving there. Um, who is the doctor? We have the doctor. <laughs> who was it that pointed out this line that I have written here at the top? Who, who? It was Trip. Trip, did you want to read that line? What? Come here, you scrumptious little beauty. Remember he said that about the about the hypercube when he opened up the door? Oh, he says, yeah. Come here, you scrumptious little beauty. And you, you're like, what? what? <laughs> that's that that's like, yeah. I have mail. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, which I told like the boys, that's what my phone says when I get an email. <laughs> now. It's, it's that exact clip there. So. I have mail. Um, the doctor says that the Corsair was, uh, he was in a bind, a bit of a pickle, sort of distressed. And Amy says, oh, you can't just say you don't know. <laughs> 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 that is that is classic doctor right here. All right, here we have a thing that Eleven keeps doing, and I wish I had written these down before. He he tells uh, Rory is saying if the universe is everything, how can we be outside the universe? And the doctor says, imagine a soap bubble with a little tiny bubble on the edge of it, except it's nothing like that. <laughs> you know, like, he keeps doing that where he'll say, if it helps you, then yes. <laughs> yeah, it's oh no, it's absolutely not that. But if it helps, yes. Except no, and, you know, like, he's done this a couple. No, of and times. then Amy asks him, so it's like a world outside of the world. Yes, but no. But if it helps, then yes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he'll, he'll always like double back on it again though. He'll be like, if it helps, yes, except not. You know, <laughs> and he's done this with, um, he did that with, with Cat and Avery at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he's done this a couple of different times where he's trying to explain something that's spacey-wacy or timey-wimey like, or whatever. yes, it's spacey-wacy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so it's exactly like that, except not at all. Um, he, oh, one of them the other day, I can't, oh gosh, what episode was it? He said something was curved like a banana. And then he was like, no, it's not like a, and the person was like a banana. And he's like, yes, except not at all. It's nothing like a banana or something. Actually, this may be an episode that is coming up. And no, I, I remember, you remember him that? saying that. Okay. All right. Like him saying that it was definitely 11. though. Yeah. It wasn't any previous. Time. So again, Amy calling him out. She says, you want to be forgiven. And he kind of turns and he says, yeah, but don't we all? You know, I was like, Ooh, ah, wow. Well, you know, like, he yes. desperately wants to find these other time Lords because a, they're the good ones, right? They're not any mm-hmm. of the corrupt time Lords. And B, if you find some of them, that means he didn't kill all of them. That means he can explain to them what happened and maybe get some forgiveness. Yeah. Neil Gaiman in the original script, uh, before Idris, uh, dematerializes and goes away for good. One of the last things that she tells the doctor is you are forgiven. And it's a nice little bookend. Uh, to mm. to this moment but here, so why didn't why wasn't that in the final script? That would have been great. It would have. There were tons of things that would have yes. been great. There was okay. So originally the hypercube didn't knock on the door of the TARDIS. Originally they were on a planet 
uh, all three of them, the Doctor, Rory, and Amy, were on a planet called the Planet of the Rain Gods. <laughs> that yeah, and it actually he ended up writing Neil Gaiman actually ended up writing a comic uh, based <laughs> off of this original idea. Okay. So they were on the Planet of the Rain Gods, about to be sacrificed, what? and the hypercube showed up and somehow like saved the day. Like I don't know, they <laughs> probably like as it was flying in to find the Doctor, it like mistakenly knocks everything over and like loosens their bonds or whatever. And and they escape that way. But again, for budgetary reasons, they, they would have had to do have done that. a planet, come up with a whole alien race, put costumes on all of them, do build a, a temple, you know? Yeah. All of that just kind of stuff. So they were like, money. Hey, you know what? Let's just have it knock on the door of the TARDIS. And stuff. <laughs> yeah, Let's so. just make it so much less heroic and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So, but he did again, spin that in, uh, out into a comic. Uh, on its own. So uh, Amy says, oh no, I'm sorry. Rory says, he's fine. He's a time Lord. And Amy says, it's just what they're called. It doesn't mean he actually knows what he's doing. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> is great. That sums up the doctor pretty well. Most yeah. Of the yeah. Time. But I love I'm this. a madman with it, a box minus the box. Oh, yeah. Without a box. I love the idea of like time Lord does sound very regal and, and, knowing and wise and Amy's like it's just what they're called <laughs> it doesn't actually mean anything so uh let's see oh and then right on the heels of that the doctor says i genuinely don't know what to do when when the tardis gets <laughs> eaten by house essentially mm-hmm. uh the doctor says i genuinely don't know what to do and then he goes oh oh that's a new feeling and then promptly slaps himself upside the head to like kind of knock sense back into his own head but <laughs> builds a tardis out of scraps uh, it's like yeah. i don't know what to do uh, so oh, thousand dead TARDISes? That'll work. Yeah. He's doing his little showdown moment with House inside the TARDIS, and, and House says, fear me, I've killed hundreds of Time Lords. And the Doctor says, fear, fear me, me, I've I killed, killed all of them. <laughs> that is so 11. <laughs> I love that. Fear me, I killed all of them. Big deal. Which mm-hmm. feels like um, that dumb thing you do where like, you're fighting with someone and you each try and one-up each other. And he's like, well, I killed everyone. <laughs> Infinity times two. Uh, so uh, I love it. The, at the very end, we get, a, we get a great, um, a great, you know, heartfelt moment from the doctor here where he tells Rory being alive, best thing there is being alive right here, right now. That's all that matters. And that's just a, that's a fantastic to me, summation of the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it's, and it kind of becomes, an echo of, uh, or, or a theme of this episode, right? The, the whole episode, the TARDIS is trying to think of a word that's so big and complicated and sad. That's the way she describes it every time. So big, so complicated, and yet so sad. And then she finally tells the doctor, I found the word, I'm alive. Which I'm is alive. not a very big word, but... It is a big word. It's well, not a lot of letters, but it's a big, complicated word. It means a lot of things, and especially when you're applying it to the TARDIS. Okay, (laughs) Um, you know this is and and the Doctor's great line there. Or no, 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 the TARDIS's great line where she says, "I'll always remember this time because this is when we talked," and that's just ah, it's brilliant. Big sad. So the Doctor reminiscing on that and you know talking to Rory, you know, being alive is the best thing there is. It's fantastic. All right. Um, oh gosh, who is the TARDIS? Um, some of this we've already hit. Um, I love at the beginning. I was I was watching you, Corbin, because Idris did what the Doctor has done a couple of times recently that seemed to rattle your cage, where she just just didn't stop talking for five straight minutes. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> Please, she goes. You stole me. We'll steal me. Are stealing me? Oh, tenses are hard. You know, like <laughs> I like biting. It's like kissing, but there's a winner. <laughs> like, no, that's not. 
<laughs> Please stop it. I love. He goes. She bites, and she goes. Oh, I do. Lovely. <laughs> like, it's like she hadn't even thought of biting until he said that. <laughs> I love biting. It's like kissing, but there's a winner. I don't remember that. Um, oh, I just came up with a new way of kissing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She said something about her tongue, and they say, "Oh, I just had another idea about kissing." That's great. <laughs> I know. It's amazing. Like what? French kissing? I'm guessing. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can only assume that's what that means. <laughs> yes, yes, Corbin. That's that's exactly what she was talking. I'm about. a smart person. <laughs> oh man, uh, let's see the scene in the cage when she's saying random stuff and then asking herself why. So apparently, the first line that she said, did y'all notice it was kind of gibberish? Yeah, it was, it was kind like of oh, Apparently, she was saying a line backwards. Oh. Because that's really timey-wimey. She decided uh-huh. to say it backwards. So, um, and apparently the line that she said, uh, each line that she said in the cage was a line that was spoken later. Uh, Everything that she said while she was in the cage. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. Either she She's or like, someone else. Wait, how I know that? Right, yeah, and yeah. Why am I saying these things? And yeah. she kept telling, like, the doctor, it's like, oh, you're about to figure this out, but... Since I just told you, I guess you don't have to anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, you were about to say all of that. I suppose you don't have to now. I love that idea. Um, So apparently the first line that she said was backwards, and it was what she whispered to Rory later on, where she said, uh, the only water in the forest is the river. And so um, Uh, uh, we, we never actually hear her say that line properly. Yeah. We hear her say it backwards, and then she whispers it to Rory. And, and then, then Rory, Rory says, says to the doctor, by the way, at the end, uh, what she said was the only water in the forest is the river. Any idea with that? And he's like, uh, no idea. But I guess we will at some point, right? No idea. So, Let's go find out. Yeah. But then the other the other two lines were also spoken uh, later in the episode. So, you know, even though she was the one saying them, she then asked herself, why am I saying these things? Because she had no context for yeah. them yet. You know, um, the doctor says... Um, <laughs> I love this. He says, you're a bitey mad lady. The TARDIS is uppy downy stuff in a big blue box. <laughs> uppy downy stuff. There's a lot of made up words in that sentence. <laughs> yeah, a bitey mad lady. I love that one. Uh, she says, uh, are all people like this? And he says, what? And she says, so much bigger on the inside. I'm just like, oh, man, come on. That's awesome. Um, apparently, the TARDIS and the Doctor have been together for 700 years. When she said it, it twice. She said it twice. First of all, she said, um, the Doctor said, do you have a name? And she says, 700 years, he finally asks. And then mm-hmm. later on, when she's talking about uh, instructions and how he's been walking past a sign on mm-hmm. the outside of her uh, uh, doors for 700 years, what does it say? So she said it twice in this mm-hmm. episode, 700 years. So apparently the doctor was around 200. Uh, when, so when at least 700, because she... Well, well, I mean, she said 700 years and you haven't asked. But I was saying, like, she... Maybe he used to swing the doors outwards, but now he's just, for 700 years, he's been walking right past it. Yeah, well, I mean, both, both, the first one was, yeah. oh, 700 years, he finally asks if I have a name. So yeah. that seems pretty pretty definitive there. So um, He says, oh, this this to me, this is the, the big takeaway from this episode. The doctor says, you didn't always take me where I wanted to go. And she says, no, but I always took you where you needed to go. And I and think I like, hinted at this a while back. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, you do. Oh, yeah. Look at us talking, right? And and that's the thing is, uh, and, and so at the end of the episode, he says, uh, you know, we're off to the eye of Orion, of Orion or 
wherever else we're supposed to be or something to that effect. And then the handle, yeah, then the handle flips. And um, Neil Gaiman said that in the original script, the stage directions uh, show the, the Dr. Rory and Amy um, landing somewhere, which is most definitely not the eye of Orion. <laughs> so just to sort of like put a little button on that. Um, again, I mentioned earlier, you run around and talk and bring home strays. It's fantastic. It's a great, she calls all of the companions strays. Uh, the TARDIS wanted to see the universe. So she stole a time Lord and ran away. I love this. Except we've seen that she can fly the TARDIS. So why didn't she just leave? Yeah, but I guess it's still the idea of, you know, there's nothing better than having somebody to share yeah, the trip with yeah. you, like you told Avery. So um, then she says, um, oh, my beautiful idiot, you you have what you've always had. <laughs> you have me, which is that's, a great line. That is, oh, that's, yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> um, we had nothing about the little girl uh, this week. So again, this was, uh, this was, so now we've done two episodes in a row that yeah. are more or less not about, I mean, we They're literally left the universe yeah. for this one. Yeah. Time itself like, was not relevant in this story. Exactly. So, uh, guys, Noobs in the Hooping is brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we do, if we help you enjoy your enjoyment even more, we all we're asking for is for you to give a little bit of value back by partnering with us uh, for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash noobs and the Hoovian, where you can become a supporting patron of family friendly independent media today all right so here's where we are guys we've been sort of toying around in our intros of the last two episodes about working harder over the break and coming to you from the future or talking to the future or mm-hmm. I forget what i said now but anyway yeah. we're doubling up this week uh to try and uh help ourselves out a little bit and get get a little bit ahead doesn't impact your watching or listening at all we're going to release on the same schedule we're just we'll just have a little bit of breathing room but that also means that we just said Hey, Jared, guess what we're doing this week (laughs) with like no notice. So um, hopefully um, he was able to get together um, stuff for the Curse of the Black Spot. And we have added that in post. So hopefully if you're listening to this episode 80, there was a classic who's segment in episode 79, especially because we referenced it before. Right. Right. Into the segment. (laughs) So So I'm just I'm just stepping out on faith that he's at least going to get that one done. But he may not be able to do this one. So if we have a classic who connection from Jared, we will add it here in post. And if not, uh, then we'll we'll just sit here and. Two seconds of awkward silence. We'll sit here for 12 minutes of silence (laughs) and occasionally go, good point, Jared. Yes, well thought out. Okay. (laughs) Anyways. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for the episode, The Doctor's Wife. When the third Doctor was exiled to Earth, which we talked about a few uh, when we did the, the Classic Who uh, rewind to the third Doctor episode. Uh, he so he's exiled to Earth, and he was constantly experimenting with his TARDIS because even though the Time Lords had removed the information from his head on how to uh, time travel and use his TARDIS, and they uh, and his TARDIS wasn't quite working right, uh, they he was experimenting to try and get his TARDIS to run. Even without them, even without the Time Lord's blessings. So at one point, he removed the console unit from the TARDIS, completely removed it and set it up in the lab there and ran an experiment proving that just the console without the outer shell of the TARDIS could travel through time space, but it needed an external power source to be able to move 
so he was able to travel through time space, but he but he couldn't move, which is very similar to what the doctor did by building uh, a console there without an outer shell. Uh, but he he also had the the source to be able to to move that console. So uh, he he took it one step further uh, in in this in the doctor's wife here in the new Who episode. But in classic Who, he did operate a TARDIS that in, from just console form back in with the third doctor there. Uh, previously, the Doctor has jettisoned rooms from the TARDIS in order to uh, give the TARDIS thrust and more power. Uh, the fourth and the fifth Doctors did this. Actually, it was back-to-back uh, serials that they did this. Uh, Legopolis to Castrovalva, which is Legopolis last of the fourth Doctor and first of the fifth Doctor with Castrovalva. So this has been done before, and presumably... The TARDIS can regrow rooms or rebuild, whatever the proper term is, rooms as needed, because he has the Seventh Doctor jettisoned the swimming pool at one point. So other Doctors, of course, have done this. I think the first time we saw it was with the Fourth Doctor in Legopolis. But uh, other Doctors have also jettisoned rooms. But obviously, so we have the swimming pool gone, and then it's back. So I don't know if that's just a uh, continuity error or if it's just that the the TARDIS is constantly shifting what sort of rooms it has, uh, it, which I think that's probably a much much more likely explanation than just simple continuity error, because there's so much about the TARDIS we don't really know, and so I mean I think that's a that's a reasonable explanation. Okay, so the, in the beginning, when the Doctor gets the glowing cube, uh, that uh, that and he says, you know, I've got mail. Well, it's a hypercube, and that was a normal way for Time Lords to send messages to each other in Classic Who. Um, that goes all the way back to the second Doctor in the serial The War Games. So the Time Lords have been doing this for a long time. Of course, with New Who, we've got the concept that the Doctor is the only Time Lord. And so obviously that's been proven wrong, but but he's never really tried to communicate with uh, like the master, uh, the, the Time Lords that we've seen so far. And so we, we haven't seen Hypercube communication. Uh, so but it's uh, pretty cool and fun that they brought it back here. Uh, of course, sad uh, as you go through the episode to learn that it's it's a late message from a late Time Lord. Um, but uh, still. Uh, fun that they brought back that little uh, that form of communication there now the the telepathic circuits of the TARDIS those were being used by the house uh, to mess with the minds of uh, Rory and Amy and make them see things you know one sees it's completely dark the other one sees that it's light uh, one sees that the other one's aging the other one's you know and, and and gone for ages claiming to be gone for ages you know it's 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 toying with their minds trying to uh, trying to defeat them there and this actually happened before back with the first doctor Ian and Barbara and Susan had their minds messed with and the doctor had their minds messed with in the serial the edge of destruction but in that case what was actually going on was it was the tardis itself messing with their minds trying to communicate with them trying to warn them of a faulty system in the tardis it was actually a little spring on a lever that was wrong but it was sending them to their death they couldn't see outside they couldn't see where they were going uh to the uh, it was like the edge of the world or no back to the beginning of the world it was sending them back through time to the beginning formation of the world which would have destroyed them and uh, uh, not the world but the universe beginning of the universe and so they um 
So they needed to fix this uh, part of the TARDIS, and that was the TARDIS's way of trying to communicate with them. It was it was messing with their minds in order to get their attention and draw their attention to this problem. Uh, so and it, it was uh, successful. They they did figure it out and fix the problem. So for the last one, uh, we we I think it's very interesting because we now have a new or fuller, uh, I, depending on how you want want to look at it, um, it's either a retcon or it's a, a a greater explanation of why the TARDIS doesn't always go where they intend for it to go. So until now, it was just a faulty directional circuit or navigational circuit in the TARDIS uh, that was broken. That's why it didn't go. And it, that kind of makes sense because at first it was broken. So it didn't really go where they wanted to at all at first. And then as it got fixed and better, it was better and better about getting them where they want to go. And then maybe kind of explained, well, the doctor doesn't really know how to drive the TARDIS per- or fly the TARDIS perfectly. And that was kind of an explanation that was brought on and because River can do it better, you know, that sort of thing. But but this is very interesting that the TARDIS itself, being able to talk now, explains that it doesn't always take them to where they want to go, but it always takes them to where they need to go. And so that is like a very definitive explanation. And I like to see it. I don't think it's I don't want to see it as a retcon. I kind of want to see this. I take this as this is just the way it's always been. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe things were, the, the directional circuit was, uh, navigational circuit was broken in the past, but uh, now we've got a, a clear understanding of, yeah, but it's fixed, but still having issues. And uh, I would think after all this time that the doctor would be able to at least navigate the TARDIS if there wasn't some outside force to where he wanted it to go. So very interesting that the that the TARDIS is uh, working with them and uh, sometimes sees areas that are needed, uh, sometimes sees areas of time and space where there needs to be correction, there needs to be the doctor's influence there. And so that was, that was very cool. Uh, and, and I, so that, I think is a wonderful explanation uh, for that works for all of who uh, the the Hooniverse um, that that uh, as to why the TARDIS doesn't always go exactly where they're planning to. So very cool. All right, uh, I know we were a little bit off uh, last week. Uh, I I aligned more with Trip on liking the pirates. So go Trip. Yes, you guys pointed out a lot of issues with the episode, and uh, but uh, I I. I just enjoyed I thought it was just kind of a fun romp of a story. So I enjoyed it there. This one, I think, although I never know till I hear the episode, but I think we'll be more on the same page. Loved it. Uh, being able to see and t- see the TARDIS I- in a character that you could talk with and reason with and and just seeing her grow to, you know, calling the doctor, you're my thief and, and just the discovery of figuring out who the TARDIS is and this... Uh, the the concept of this the, this baddie of the house where it, it's just this ethereal being that uh, can somehow make uh, pull, pull these parts together even for human beings to make them live unnaturally long times and and just uh, oh my goodness and manipulative and and it just everything to me everything in this episode worked really well and I had a lot of fun I mean just so cool to get lots of lot more information about the TARDIS didn't we didn't progress in the 
story arc of the season. And yes, you pointed out last time, I don't love those episodes as much usually. But when we do that and we get a lot more information about uh, the characters and and in this case, the character of the TARDIS, that's cool. It's fun to take that pause and uh, from the overall story and dig into that. So uh, loved it. I'm going to give it a 9.5 TARDIS Souls for the episode. And uh, as a creep level, um, there, there, yeah, there was some creepy stuff. Uh, the, the concept of uh, cobbling together different body parts, kind of Frankensteining there. Uh, that's creepy. Uh, this being that uh, can, can do these things, this being that will lure you in just to harvest you. That's pretty creepy. Uh, the the idea of getting communications from beyond the grave uh, also creepy. So yeah, lots lots of creep stuff going, creepy stuff going on there. More uh, psychologically creepy stuff. So I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna go right down the middle. 250 creep levels for this one. That's it. Thank you to Tardis. Uh, to the TARDIS Wikia for uh, help with the information. Thank you to BritBox, as I went back and uh, and often do, got to watch some of these classic episodes to remind myself how uh, exactly how it happened. And uh, thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections after The Christmas Carol. All right, so that brings us down to our overall impressions. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Trip, what have you what have you got for this one, man? I'm going to go, this was definitely like a well, a definitely well planned out episode. Like it took them a while to plan this out. So uh, I feel like if they had a bit more time, there would be more they could do. But I mean, you can't change everything. You can't fix every possible thing that happened. Right. You can't just make it perfect like sure sure so i mean this is however this your is score is i'm gonna go <laughs> 10 shriveled up rory's oh, oh, oh 10 oh. desiccated rory's oh. <laughs> of course it's gonna be uh, something yep. about rory's death if Absolutely. Gonna, <laughs> oh gosh yeah, that's awful uh yeah i'm a trip i'm i'm with you i am going to to go high on this one uh gosh let's see do I did say that I had that one problem. Uh, all of a sudden, I can't even remember what that one problem was now. Uh, I think, it was, oh, was it just, oh, no, no. It, that was the thing about the the, the the box opening out, not the yeah. TARDIS opening out. But that, that's such a small thing. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know where you could have, I don't know where you could have made this even better. I don't know um, where you could have Except if you made improved. it longer or like, something. I don't but, know where you could have improved, but you could have improved i'm sure like, there's always room for improvement but what i'm saying is i can't see where on this one mm-hmm, um yeah. and again yeah could we have gotten a, a, a two-parter and included all of the extra stuff that and like Neil more, originally wrote in more yeah, maybe. plot yeah and more sets like if you had infinite money you could do <laughs> right, better exactly, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah you could have had added much more longer to opening. the plot yeah so stuff. but because i can't I can't really see big holes here. I'm going to go ahead and give it 10 out of 10 ood danglies. (laughs) (laughs) Here, grab Uh, my hand. That's right. Amy reaches out and... <laughs> uh, uh, you make those noises. You're just making it to be spiteful, I guess. I am. So, Corbin, what do, what do you got, man? Um, I thought this was a really good episode. And, of course, 
I'm going to give it a nine. And this is not the, my general nut. Um, it can never be perfect. So I'm not going <laughs> to give it a perfect 10 thing. Okay. I just, I thought it was good, but I didn't think this was on level with a lot of the ones we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That we've given really high yeah, scores. Yeah, the past okay. ones are starting to bring down. Yeah. This is why I scored so low for so long, by the way, because yeah. this is I knew this was on the horizon. So but Trip, you, you don't get to say any more about how it could have been better and it's not mm-hmm. as good as other ones because yeah. you just gave it a 10. So I you sit care. there and you be quiet and take your 10. Yeah. It could be better so, tens. So I'm <laughs> 11 out of 10. That's right. So I'm going to give this nine colored Udai's because <laughs> every episode with them, they've had a different yeah. color. Yeah, eye. they've had the orange this time ones. It was green the green ones. Well, now the Wikia said this was the first time they've ever had eyes that were a color other than red or just white. There was like, red, like normal white, eyes. orange. I thought the demon had a specific color when they possessed. I them. thought it was red on both of the episodes where the Ood went crazy. But there was like remember. the saints that had like the orange eyes. I thought it was all And the red. ones that had the brains. Anyways, well, the also, w- the Wikia said this was the first time they've ever well, had the a different Wikia's color. Wikia's wrong. Eye, Wikia says a lot of things. It does that we don't actually <laughs> fact check, so. Um. We, we didn't mention this in the other stuff we noticed, but I I pointed out in the episode that I thought was really cool. When everyone was speaking with House, you can actually see the Ood's ball lighting yes. up along yeah, with yeah. the speaking. Mm-hmm, yeah. like, That's a really cool detail that they added. That is. That was and fantastic. the thing is, it's so small, a lot of people will miss it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice it until Corbin pointed yeah. it out. I was like, oh, looky there. It sure is. All right. So uh, creep levels. Um, Trip, what are you, you going to give this out of 500 creep levels? I think... The, I mean, the mad girl at first, that was kind of creepy. Like, like, really creepy? I mean, nah, it was like, What's what, is, what is going on? The oh, TARDIS. just Idris? Oh, okay. Idris, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. And the parts where the wibbly wobbly, where they're messing around with yeah. Amy's mind, that got me. And like the dark parts, I just was waiting for like, the ood to turn demon and like right, right. slurp her face off whatever they do it wasn't actually an ood the whole time slurp her face off well we've already seen did. it do that once yeah. so. and when shriveled up rory died i was just waiting for <laughs> well like shriveled up Ror- i was just waiting for its arm to like Reach up and like oh, grab her hair. Or he was actually alive. So, so actually, for you, the scariest part was the suspense of what they were gonna. Yeah, do. the scariest the part for Trip was the stuff that didn't actually happen. <laughs> yeah. It just happened in his mind. Yeah, and yeah. the weird writings on the wall. I don't know why, but that that was got, incredibly that, creepy. That got me. It was yeah. like. Yeah. And so then I'm imagining. I realized. Corbin, Corbin said, wait, what, what, what was he using with? to? Yeah, y'all said what was like, he writing with? I'm just markers? gonna say. I'm just gonna say two things. Okay, it, there, there was only two colors. There was red, and then there's kind of like. Black? Dark brown, black. Oh, I'm just gonna say. Dude. I was gonna say. Human body has op- a lot of blood. There's only two but, options. Uh, the other one, the other one was not so great. <laughs> <laughs> so what did but you? It was like what, what dark, was your creep level? rotted black. Um, three fifty. Three fifty out of five hundred. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a good three hundred, almost entirely because of the 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 in the TARDIS chase yeah. stuff. I mean, Brayden had to look away like five times. Yeah, Brayden yeah. was actually watching with us. This this. this I was like, like, like uh, this would be a good episode for you. <laughs> 
this was not a good episode for Brady. I didn't think that the, the, the dead, the, the, the uh, Raisin Rory was going to bother him all that much, but apparently it the did. So I gave it 300 complete, out of 500 creepers. The levels. completely rotted up, shriveled up skeleton. Yeah, but it didn't move. Anyways, do you remember how he reacted to Indiana Jones? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. We had to send him out of the room a couple of times. Anyways, um, I'm going to say 315. Okay. Just all yeah, the stuff just, we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of freaky episode. I'm I'm surprised you you rated it higher than me. I don't know if this has ever happened. Everyone rated it higher than you, which happens. All right. So um, theories. We last time we spent a bunch of time on the theories. Um, Does any? I'm just going to read off the questions, and if you have any additional thoughts, just give me those. Okay. So the main one was what will happen with Eleven dying. Just Y'all have anything? Keep wanna, that the same. Nah, I right? mean, there, there's no more the stuff to add on. Just the only thing I can imagine is if you've thought about it since last time. But yeah, uh, who is yeah. the impossible astronaut? No, uh, nothing new. No. Who is the little girl? Nothing new. No. Who is yeah. River? Nothing new. No. Okay, no, sure. there's no. There's All right, no and um, as we mentioned, we doubled up this week, so there was no time for listener input. So we're just going to skip on down to the game plan, guys, because next week. We're doing our timey-wimey. It's going to be Christmas time, so we're going to do a Christmas carol. And remember, we decided last time we're going to be watching the uh, 1999, 1999 live-action version starring <laughs> Sir Patrick Flippin' Stewart. <laughs> I left that in the notes. <laughs> um, so nice. head on over to um, noobsinthehoobian.com. Click on the show notes uh, for this episode, for the last episode, for the next episode, and scroll on down to the bottom and click on the link for A Christmas Carol. That is our Amazon affiliate link. Again, that doesn't change your pricing for it at all, but if you click on our link and then go rent the uh, that uh, that version of A Christmas Carol, we'll get a little bit of a uh, commission for that, and that helps support the show. So guys, until next time, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Our production editor is this other guy over here. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com, even when you're wrong about the trivia. Thanks to Jared <laughs> for the Classic Who connection, and shout-outs to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian, where you can directly message us there, or you can email us at NoobsandTheWhovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us over at patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian and find all of those links and more, including all of the show notes, over at noobsandthehoovian.com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, like us, leave us a, rev- uh, a rating or a review, and share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin, I'm the Hoovian, these are my sons Corbin and Trip, and, and we're the noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip.